sing it out. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking about Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Hello, hello. I'm India Marie, and I'm back with episode three of She Did a Thing podcast. This podcast is about exceptional women who do exceptional things. And before we get to this week's very exceptional guests, I have an announcement to make. As you all know, this podcast is centered around She Did That Company pop-up event. And while that's still the case, we've made a name change. The event is now called She Did a Thing pop-up event. And we are so excited because we will be able to carry this name with us for many, many, many events to come. I think I told y'all on episode one that I'm coming to a city near you. So make sure that you get your tickets to the first She Did a Thing pop-up event. Now, we can go ahead and get to business. Introducing this week's very, very exceptional guest, Chantel. Hey, girl, what's your thing? <laughs> hey. All right. So <laughs> this week we have Chantel with Chantel Taylor Nutrition. Now tell us, what is your thing? What's up, guys? So obviously my name is Chantel Taylor. I am an online nutritionist and transformation coach and also the founder of the Nutrition program that specializes in transforming the bodies, the mindsets, and the routines of Black women all over the world. Yes, so you're out here snatching waistlines. (laughs) (laughs) So let's just start here. What made you get into this type of work because I was reading on your website and while a lot of us grow up having no clue what we want to do, mm-hmm. you knew from a very young age yeah. exactly what you wanted to do in this life. I did. And it's so crazy. It was, I remember this like it was yesterday. It was eighth grade career day and I was the last person in the room. I had no idea. Everyone, um, they had it to where a bunch of parents and just people in the city came around, um, came to the school and they were set up in stations and whatever you were interested in, you would go and you would talk to that parent or whoever was there and they would tell you about what they did. Mm -hmm. And so, um, they gave everyone like a list of stuff and you picked from the list what you wanted to go and kind of learn about. And I was the last person in the classroom, just like, I have no idea what I want to do. So I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it. So finally, remember like it was yesterday, my homeroom teacher came over. It was actually the counselor. His name was Mr. Chadwick. He was fine too. Mr. And, Chadwick. Uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> you know, all the counselors were fine in like middle school, high school. Anyway. You're right. You're they right. Because I remember <laughs> one from my colonial middle school in Memphis and, and there was a counselor. He was tall and dark and handsome and he was fine. <laughs> And um, so we were going through the list and, you know, he was kind of rattling off stuff. And I was like, no, no, no. And then he got to and said, dietitian. I was like, what's that? He was like, oh, this would be great for you. He's like food, you're athletic. And I was like, okay. And so then he kind of explained it a little bit more. And I was like, that's it. That's what I want to do. It's like a light bulb moment. 
Ironically enough, no one in the school was a nutritionist or a dietitian, so I didn't even have a station to go to. I had to go to the librarian and she had to Google this for me. Um, and she kind of read off like what they make a year. And mind you, I grew up really poor. And so like the average income of a, a, a registered dietitian back then was like $50,000. And I was like, oh my, I'm going to be rich. I'm going to be rich. $50,000? <laughs> oh, this is it. Girl. All through high school. Um, so when, you know, junior year came around and everyone was getting their college essays together and their applications and figuring out what they, um, where they wanted to go to school. I already knew what I wanted. I already knew um, what I wanted to do. So finding a school that kind of catered to that was really easy for me. It's actually funny because I didn't even apply to MTSU until like two weeks before the deadline. And that's because they had a really great nutrition program. Mm -hmm. Is like, that what brought you? Wait, so did you come straight from New York to Murfreesboro? No, so or were you I already in Murfreesboro? In, I grew up in Tullahoma. Okay. Yeah. Uh, if no one knows what that is, if you know Bonnaroo, it's 10 minutes from Bonnaroo. Um, I had no idea. Yeah. Uh -huh. Okay. So I grew up in Tullahoma. And um, I was actually going to go to Clark Atlanta. Um I could see and you being I a Clark girl. I changed my mind. I changed my mind like <laughs> two weeks only because they didn't have a great nutrition program. I was going to like settle for like a health, it's like this vague health degree. Mm -hmm. And then um, two weeks before the deadline to apply to MTSU, I was like, you know, I'm just going to apply and see what happens. Got accepted. I feel like I have a vague health degree because <laughs> I went no, to school for community. No. <laughs> well, I went to school for community and public health and I just kind of fell into, I just kind of fell into health um because yeah. I went for nursing <laughs> but I was one of those kids that didn't know what they wanted to do and my yeah. grandmother was a nurse and she was like you need to do nursing and so I was like all right doing nursing and then I got in there and I was like nope <laughs> I'm not doing <laughs> nursing <laughs> that nurse I hear nursing is no joke like the school oh it no. is girl oh. I got in those science classes and I was like <laughs> I didn't have even, the the willpower yeah. And even the nutrition classes were, I mean, I loved science, but even um, getting into like the advanced nutrition classes, like closer to graduating, I was like, fuck, I don't know. Oh, ooh, can I cuss? You can cuss. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't know if I want to, I don't want to do this because it was hard, but yeah. So yeah, what you. excited you? You were like, okay, they make 50K a year. Yeah. <laughs> but I think in your entrepreneurship journey, you have surpassed that. I did. <laughs> what <a> so <laughs> tell me how you got to this place versus because well, did you ever did, did you ever do a traditional nine to five in this field or yeah. you you did? OK, mm -hmm. so, so after I graduated, I was working in a chiropractic office as their nutritionist. And I was working with a lot of older white women. OK, and, you know, I ain't nothing wrong with older white women. My mom, you know what I'm saying? Half my family is <laughs> <for> white women. <laughs> but um, it just, it wasn't what I wanted to do. I couldn't talk how I wanted to talk. I couldn't connect with them. Yeah. Um, and so I left. I was there, I want to say, eight months. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm not. So New Year's, I left. And... Um, Started my own business. I had actually already started it and I was making like $600, $600 a month doing meal plans. And I thought that was a lot. I'm like, oh yeah, I can like scale this. I can like easily do like 3K a month. Uh -huh. and, then, <laughs> and I left in um, 
January and like by March, I had my first 10K month and it's kind of by now it's like tripled, but um, it took, it was consistency. It was a lot of consistency um, and just giving a shit about the people that I was helping. And I think that's really what got me to where I am today is just caring. So do you think that social media has played a big part on you growing your um, business? Because I look, I've, <laughs> it's so crazy because I've had so many people text me and they're mm-hmm. like tell me about your friend Chantel because these photos look legit and I'm like they are legit if you want to lose the weight you, do, you should reach out to her <laughs> so I'm like because they're like I mean I, I really no want to try girl. <laughs> you, listen Herbalife was all, all the wraith mm. at one point in time <laughs> Herbalife is a gimmick asking me about it and I'm like don't you bring that shit up ever again to me but Um, yeah so (laughs) (laughs) I think it's funny because I did take her life at one point in the game (laughs) and I don't think there's anything and that goes with all like sad stuff there's nothing essentially wrong with it but I think um people people substitute it for good habits and good routines and so that's where it gets a little tricky but it's another tale for another time. So it seems like you've had like phenomenal growth, mm-hmm. you know, over the, you know, since you've started doing this over the past couple of years. So what has been challenging about this business? Just with the growth, like trying to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? It's crazy because I, I never set any goals on, specifically growing like Mm -hmm. I I never set any like follower goals or um like how many new clients I can get a month I never really set any specific goals like that I just wanted to make sure that no matter what stage I was at that the people that were in the program were getting the best possible care and attention that I could possibly give them. And I think because of that, because I've taken care of my clients that they've taken care of me, um, a lot of my applications and a lot of my new clients are referrals. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I grow a lot, but a lot of the people that I take in each month are referrals. And I think that's something that we often forget about in business. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's almost single-handedly the most important part of your marketing because one, it's free, but um, two, people are like three times more likely to sign on with you by your product um, if they're referred by someone that they know and trust because business is really just about building trust with people. People trust you. They'll <laughs> buy whatever you're selling. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. So is that is that the only way that you market? Because I know people are always trying to figure... First of all, just figuring out social media marketing in general mm-hmm. general can be very difficult for people, especially if they haven't figured out their niche. I feel like social media is like you keep digging, you keep digging until you like hit it. And then it's like yeah. it's gold and it just takes off. So yeah. what other ways are you, you know, other than word of mouth, social media, what other ways are you marketing your business? Obviously, consistency and just um People, people won't buy anything if they don't see you. So obviously that's first. Um, when I very first started out, I was utilizing bigger pages and buying like ads, like social media ads. Mm, um, okay. Yeah. So I was going to like, I was hunting down like big fitness pages or big to me. So like 
people or pages with 300,000 followers or more and just buying posts. And a lot of people, what you don't know is a lot of, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of pages do that. Even if they don't say it, um, you just send an email or send a DM and ask, ask, um, because a lot of the times bigger blog posts, like fitness blogs and stuff like that, that's how they make their money Mm -hmm. is advertising. Um, and you're part of that, especially if it's a community that you, um, that you like, or, or, you feel like has your target audience. Mm-hmm. And so that was, that's how I was growing in the beginning. I was using big pages, getting my transformations out there. Um, and then doing my market research, did this post work, how many conversions I got from it? Was I getting the type of clients that I wanted? And then I was able to kind of trickle it down to a solid, like two to three that I could use a couple times a month that were going to give me solid leads and I could build off of. That's amazing (laughs) because I I think, well, because I think that a lot of people wonder, does this actually work? Are these people just trying to take my money? And Uh I've actually wondered that, you know, myself, because I've had people reach out to me like, Hey, um, if you're interested in some marketing and some, you know, repost, these are my rates. And I'm, I think we have to get out of our own heads Yeah, when it comes to business. And I think we have to just learn to jump. It's like, let's try it. Maybe, maybe it won't work, but there's also, you know, the other half of that, maybe it will, and maybe it will grow my business. And I think, you know, a lot of newer business that are just starting out are stagnant because they haven't figured out that marketing piece. And risks are everything in entrepreneurship. Like, I feel like as an entrepreneur, you wake up to take risks and to fail. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's what that has what has gotten me to a place that I am so successful in my businesses because I am totally okay with taking a loss if I need to. And so if a fitness page reaches out to me with post rates of $40, if you want to take a post, I'm taking it. And if they mm-hmm. never post it or they take my money, that's what PayPal's got, you know, claims for um, so <laughs> is is everything and also um I think we we as women a lot kind of get in our own heads like you said and um so taking risks is is big and it's a big part of entrepreneurship and also just just leaping on your ideas and not waiting on them too long because so a lot what? of people have those ideas of oh should I do this should I do this and then they never they talk themselves out of it and you just got to mm-hmm. do that shit. What has been the biggest risk that you've taken, taken in your business so far? Honestly, leaving my job yeah. and hoping for, <laughs> for the best <laughs> because when I left my job, I was not pocketing. I was doing like 600 a month with, with meal plans. I was, I was just doing meal plans back then. It was before I launched the Sheetrician program. Um, and so the biggest risk I probably took was saying, you know what, I'm just going to let go of the security of my nine to five. It's comfortable, but I'm not growing and, and being comfortable. Um, and that was, that was the scariest thing I've done. And it is the best thing I could have ever done for my business and myself, honestly. So did you have any type of cushion when you decided to quit your job? Cause there's a lot of controversy around, mm-hmm. you know, there's some people that are like, yeah, quit your job, go for what you want. But mm-hmm. then, on, you know, there's a lot of other people that are like, no, <laughs> you need to grind it out at your nine to five until your 
side hustle takes off. Fuck that. Because you know what? I think that security is what makes people play it safe. Mm -hmm. And so they're not taking risks. They're not hustling. They're not doing what they need to do because they know they have that fallback. Mm -hmm. And so when you know you don't have that, you wake up at six o'clock and you get to your client um, emails and you get to your marketing and you're figuring out how you can make this work. When you have that nine to five, that cushion, that paycheck that's coming every two weeks. And I'm not saying everybody quit your job and just jump in, but um, you do have to have a plan. But I think what stops people from being successful is having a security blanket. And so they're mm-hmm. not taking risks. They're not, they're not getting up. They're not doing the work because they know, Oh, if I, you know, if I skip, if I skip emails today, it's, it's fine. Like, you know, I got a paycheck coming on Friday. We're good. Yeah. And, um, I knew for me, cause I'm naturally impulsive anyway. I knew if I just, I was going to work and I was splitting my time and my energy between my business and between my job, I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to do what needed to be done to make it successful. So you have a podcast, excuse me, you have a podcast, Force Mm -hmm. of Habit podcast. And I think it was in that first episode or second episode, you talked about what your day looks like. Yeah. Um, Let's go into that because that seems to be a big part of your success in your business and you know, a lot of people do consider themselves entrepreneurs, but there are a lot of people that, you know, are still doing both the nine to five. Yeah. And since you're 100 percent entrepreneur, <laughs> that's how you get all your bread. Man, period. <laughs> what does the day of a successful 100 percent entrepreneur look like? So um, first things first, if y'all are listening to this and you don't have a morning routine, Get your ass up in the morning and figure one out. <laughs> That's one. Or if, it's, if you're if you if you're up at night and you need a night routine, you need some form of of your day or a piece of your day that's consistent and is your foundation. That's one. But um, I get up every morning, sometimes at the same time. I get up before seven. <laughs> yeah, and um, I make sure that the first hour of my day is for me. I don't give a shit what Otis is doing. I don't care what he's got going on. If Bex was here, ask your daddy. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. And um, I make sure that that first part of my morning is for me. So I get up, I'm listening to my favorite podcast or I'm listening to um, an audible book that I like. Um, I'm making sure that I eat, that I work out, that I'm reading. I go on my daily walk. That I do not miss. Mm-hmm. And, um, after I spent on, oh, of course, I meditate. And then after that, I just jump into my day. But that first hour, sometimes it's 30 minutes if I need to, if I wake up late. But that first part of my day is for me. Um, I'm getting clear on my intentions for the day, my affirmations, how I want to show up for my clients that day. Um, what things I need to work on, things I need to be better at for that day. And then I, I get I get right to it. Yeah. And I think that's so important. And I noticed this. So like last week, I got up early every day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I bet you had a good week too. I, well, actually, it was a rough week. Ooh, okay. But <laughs> me getting up every early every day helps uh-huh. me push through it. Yeah. Right? And so yeah. it's such a difference when you have that hour in the morning to yourself mm-hmm. Like you have no idea. So it's like I was getting up. I was turning on my diffuser. I was writing in my journal. Mm -hmm. I was doing my stretches. I was doing my meditating. And it really does kickstart your day. And so like today, 
I overslept. <laughs> Anytime I get up after seven o'clock, it's like very hard for me to be productive. And I don't I don't even yeah. know why. You it's just it's just this slow start to the yep. day. Mm-hmm. And you can't get any work done. If you if you have a bad morning start, it's very hard to focus on anything that you're working on the rest of the day. That's so true. And and I think it's so important to gain clarity as soon as you wake up. Mm-hmm. I mean, y'all know how I feel about being intentional, but you got to figure out how you're showing up that day. And you don't figure that out. Like I always tell my clients, like you want to be successful, you got to prepare to be successful. That shit does not just happen. It just mm-hmm. does, it doesn't just knock on your door and say, hey, what's up? You have to prepare for that. And so um, I'm big on a morning routine. If you want to have a successful day, you have to start your day out intentional and figuring out um, not only focusing on you and, and, and gaining clarity inside, but figuring out how you want to show up outside too. Yep. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I agree. But, but I mean, this whole season in my life is teaching me that like mm-hmm. some habits need some, ch- some habits need to change in order to be successful. Yeah. And, I mean, and you know I, what's crazy is that, I mean, when I started my business, I started really reading and listening to podcasts of, you know, millionaires, billionaires and, mm-hmm. and truly successful people, not in just in terms of money, but people that are truly content with their life. All of them have morning routines. And I mm-hmm. think it's it's um, there's a common denominator there and not even just like a morning routine, but you just have to have a, a piece of your day, even if it's at three o'clock in the afternoon, that is like centered for that. Mm-hmm. Well, it's funny because last week I was like, maybe I should get up earlier because I've been getting up at 630. And I was mm-hmm. like, maybe I, I'm like, I don't want to put, I'm just not a morning person. And I'm like, I don't want to push it to 530. <laughs> and then like literally the day that I was like, maybe you should push it to 530. One of uh, my favorite influencers, um, mm-hmm. she posted her morning routine in a reel and she gets up at 530. <laughs> and, but she's so uh. successful. Like she's yeah. so successful. So I was like, obviously there's something to this 5.30 a.m. <laughs> schedule. Need, I'm not there yet, but maybe I, <laughs> I need to. I know. So back into your business, what mm. makes your business unique? What about your business is unique from other nutritionists, the way your program works? Tell me more about Sheetrition. Okay. So um, first, I think what kind of stands out is... Um, and I'm going by what I see in applications and cause there's a clause in there where I say, why do you want to be a part of the nutrition program? Like what, why should I pick, not why should I pick you? Like, <laughs> yeah. So, but, um, but why do you want to, why do you want my help? And I always, always see, I've never seen a program like this that is not only centered on women, but mm-hmm. black women specifically. Um, and it's not, we, I don't focus just on training and, and eating. Like I want to fix all of it, but I think transformations, what the last three years in business have taught me is that transformations really, really begin inside. And so if your mindset isn't where it needs to be, first of all, if you don't believe in yourself to actually accomplish the transformation, um, but if your mindset isn't where it needs to be, all of this shit is in vain. We're, we're basically just making you a meal plan and training that you're going to stick to for four weeks, maybe even eight, but you're going to revert right back to those habits because you haven't learned how to, um, heal the wounds that you have with your food, but also with your self-esteem and your mm-hmm. confidence and um, your ability to go into a gym and not feel so insecure about who's watching, who gives a shit. And so I really put a focus in my program 
in healing your routines and your mindset. And then the food and the training is just a bonus because mm-hmm. your body is going to make progress, but we want to keep progress and we want to make it sustainable. And so I think that's what separates me from all the fitness influencers that I see and all the nutritionists that I see online is that um, there's a space for everybody. One, don't ever feel like, you know, um, you're in competition with people because there's plenty of people in this world that need help or need what you do. But I think what separates me is that I really, really put a focus in on your routines and your mindset. Because once that is healed, all the other shit is so easy. I'm sorry. I'm cussing so much. No, it's fine. (laughs) But I really like what you just said. Heal your routines. Yeah. Like, I don't think we've ever even thought to heal our routines and how Mm -hmm. our routines negatively can positively or negatively affect everything in our life. And that's what, and I had to go through my own experience Um, to learn that in the first place, because when I left my job in January and I did this on my own, I had not an iota of a routine in place at all. And by the time March came, um, I had my first 10K month. That was all fine and dandy, but I was having crying spells. I was contemplating going back to work. I didn't want to do it no more. I was showing up with an attitude every day because I, I, I cared, but I just was not taking care of myself. And so I had gained a lot of weight and, um, then that led me feeling like an imposter and a fraud and I was coaching clients and I wasn't doing half the shit that I was coaching and and telling them to do. And so I had to go through my own routine transformation to not only understand its importance, but also be able to coach from a place of understanding and empathy because I went through it. I understood it. And so I was able to coach my girls better because I knew what they were feeling and, and how they were experiencing their days. I really think, <laughs> I don't know. I'm now I'm just fix, uh, fixated on that. <laughs> so I think what, like what, what we can all take <laughs> from this episode <laughs> is that we all need to heal our routine. <laughs> For sure. Have you ever had to turn down a client? Oh, all the time. Do you really? Yeah. Well, you know, I have an application process to the program and I've also had to kick people out of the program. And that is tough for me because I am a people pleaser all day. I don't like confrontation. I don't want to deal with any of that. But as a business owner, I think it is important, especially as black women, that you set boundaries in your business. Yes. And you are also confident in who you are as a business owner, who you are as a leader. And so you have to be willing to make those tough calls because that's what, that's what business is sometimes. And so, yeah, I probably don't accept, um, half of the applications that come into the program. And the reason that I screen people in the first place is because when I was starting out, I was accepting everybody and they mama mm-hmm. and, um, you can't help everybody. And I think that's also important. You have to have a niche or a niche, whatever. <laughs> you have to have one in your business <laughs> because you cannot help everybody. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, yeah, I've been kicking people out too. Cause sometimes you got to, I was going to say, what would be a cause to kick somebody out of a nutrition um, program? Sometimes people, I think sometimes people, especially in coaching relationships, people blur the line of, of, because they hired you to help them that they somehow think that you are a servant to, (laughs) to them. And so I was, I, I can think of this one time I had to 
kick someone out of the program because um, they were just being disrespectful mm. and and talking to me any type of way and and feeling like they didn't have to show up to any sessions. They didn't have to do their check-ins. They wanted to run the program how they wanted to run it. And um, I had to just say, hey, I don't think we're a great fit for each other. Someone else may be able to help you, but that is definitely not me. I had to. How did you work up, I guess, the confidence to advocate for yourself in your business and to make those tough calls? That's a really great question. You know what? I think it is. it was just a natural evolution. Mm. And also hiring my own mentors and hiring my own business coaches and seeing how they emulated their business and how, how they ran stuff and the things that they weren't going to tolerate and the boundaries that they set. Um, speaking of, I think everybody, that's another thing that I need to to advocate is you need a mentor, some form of a mentor. Of a, I need a, a mentor. That's a very good tip. You need one. Yes. You need one. You will like, you will like triple your income and your impact in like two months if you hire a business coach. But so how do you, well, finish that thought. And then I want to go back and ask you, how do you go about finding a mentor? Um, but yeah, and I think it was just seeing how the boundaries that they set firsthand with me, um, and then it, it kind of made me realize it's like, you know what? I don't have to deal with this shit. I don't have to dread talking to this person and they don't have to dread talking to me and, and we're just not a good fit. And you mm-hmm. know what? That's okay. That's totally fine because that means that they can use their money and go find somebody else that can help them in a way that they, um, receive better. And then finding a mentor. How did I find my first mentor? I think I was listening to a um, a podcast and it was a guest. It was like a chain of events. I think I went on somebody's Instagram and then went on to another person's Instagram and then just applied to my first, who was my first business coach? This was three years ago. I was like, so you've you've had multiple business coaches. I'm assuming you exit the relationship when the when it's no longer needed or if it doesn't work out. Yeah. I mean, well, and with business coaching too, a lot of, a lot of, I found almost all my business coaches on podcasts. Okay. And, Cause I'm a podcast fool. I'll kind of listen to, to everything, but I specifically like listening to other business coaches and their guests. And then it kind of leads to this like rabbit hole. And then I find somebody that I think that, I like and I could be interested in and so what's your favorite business podcast <clears throat> I love Angie Lee's um business podcast I love Sterling Griffin I love the Empire podcast it's kind of centered towards men but I like it I relate to it um what other ones do I like I love 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 Slay Girl Slay it's not really business related but um I listen like, to Slay Girl Slay it's some good motivation on there and her voice is so soothing mm-hmm. like, I can listen to you all day uh what is <laughs> I thought I heard laughing. Say something. <laughs> background laughs, <laughs> yeah I just wanted to ask you that because I was like maybe you know we can give the people some podcast inspiration mm-hmm. you know for them to get their own business if you're in, in the order health, if you're in the health fitness field um sterling griffin and angie lee are great 
podcasters for this realm. Okay. And um, I actually got my first two business coaches from both of them. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, so listening to podcasts. Yeah. To try to find your business coach. Good advice. Um, I have one more question for you. Mm -hmm. It's the last question. How I wrap up all my episodes. What advice would you give to new business owners? Don't be afraid to take risks. Take a fuck ton of risks. Just Mm. take them just for breakfast. Um, Take risks for breakfast. breakfast. (laughs) 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 Nothing else though. Um, Get you a morning routine. Get Mm -hmm. you a morning routine. Okay. Um, and be consistent. Oh, and this is a lot and give a shit about what you're doing and who you're helping. I Mm -hmm. think the most important thing that you can do as a business owner, I don't care if you sell socks, give a shit about your customers, about your clients, whoever you're helping, whoever you're selling to. If you care, the rest will take care of itself. I promise you, if you just give a shit and listen and focus on evolving, the rest will take care of itself. Well, thank you so much for that. Mm -hmm. I have one more piece that I need to get to, and then we'll wrap this thing on up. You're fine. Yes, she did that. I'm feeling myself. I'm feeling myself. So, a hard lesson that I have been learning over the past couple of weeks is to know when to fight and when to surrender. Um, hard pill to swallow indeed. However, I think that when it comes to anything in our lives, a lot of times we're holding on to things that just don't serve us. And you have to sit back, take a look and wonder, is this my ego speaking or is this something that I genuinely care about? And so I think that when we're looking at businesses or whatever it is in our lives, I think sometimes we have to sit down and just evaluate or reevaluate, you know, whatever it is that we're struggling with. Like what, what in this area just isn't working? If it's not working, it's time to surrender. And that is my tip for today. (laughs) Chantel, With the finger snaps. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on. This has been amazing. And I just love talking to you. First of all, you have a podcast voice. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like sometimes I I always make fun of myself. I ramble a lot and I can get off on a tangent. So I like having like a, I feel like I have a co-host right now, even though I'm on, I'm obviously on your podcast, but I like this because you, you kept me in check. (laughs) I I don't feel like I kept you in check. I just, I just felt like it flowed. And so I really appreciate that. (laughs) So tell everyone where they can find you, your business. Where can we find you? So you can find me um, on Instagram at Chantel Taylor Nutrition. If you want to just follow me, because I'm also bomb as fuck in real life, you can follow For me. For real. <laughs> on Chantel Period. Taylor. Um, and you can also go to my website if you are interested in joining or thinking about joining this nutrition program. 
You can go to ChantelTaylorNutrition.com. If you aren't ready for private coaching yet, I got you too. You can also subscribe um, to the weekly emails that the, um, one of the perks in the Nutrition program is that they get bonus recipes. Um, and you can kind of fill me out through there and get your weekly fix and inspiration in the kitchen. That is awesome. Chantel, I don't even think we said this, but Chantel is a vendor <laughs> at She Did a Thing pop-up event. I am. So if, you know, nutrition is something that you're trying to get into, you're trying to make some lifestyle changes, be sure to stop at Chantel's booth. She will also have some really dope merch <laughs> If you're trying to get some of those intentional AFTs. Oh, yeah. And I forgot to say, not that you asked, because we just now started talking about this, but I will have exclusive um, merch just for the pop-up. So, come through. Limited edition. Limited edition. Line just for the She Did a Thing pop-up. Yes, I'm so excited. Come and get <laughs> you can find me at india.marie on Instagram. Make sure you're following um, the event page. It is still She Did That Co. She did a thing pop up <laughs> two and a half weeks away. I cannot even <laughs> believe it. September 13th, okay. 1 to 6 p.m., Wedge Building, Nashville, Tennessee. Come through with the come through. Make sure you get you get your tickets. This has been amazing. Until next time. You go, girl, girl, girl.